0: Well, this morning, I want to invite you to open your Bibles with me to Revelation chapter 5, that passage that uh, was referenced earlier uh, today. And over the past five months, I've been wading through the challenging waters of Revelation with um, the high school Bible study. And if we're honest, sometimes we don't quite know what to do with the book of Revelation. We tend toward either ignoring it completely because it's confusing and a little scary, or we head in the opposite direction, eager to connect our current world events to the descriptions presented by John. Well, as I've worked my way through Revelation, I've been using a book by Pastor Professor Daryl Johnson called Discipleship on the Edge, and I'm indebted to him for much of what I'm gonna share with you here today. But Johnson argues that no other book of the Bible helps us see Jesus as he is right now, as clearly and compellingly as the book of Revelation. Constantly throughout his letter, John calls us into his vision by inviting us to pay attention to what he is seeing. The book of Revelation is an invitation into the reality that there's more going on around us in the world, in this present moment, than we can see with our eyes. As we open to Revelation 5, we're going to hear John describe the very throne room of heaven as God reveals it to him in a vision. He sees creatures representing all of creation, And he sees elders, representing the whole people of God, gathered in worship. Now this is a little bit of a lengthy passage, but I think it's worth it to read it all. And this morning we'll see how Revelation 5 is a present reality that inspires our hope and invokes our praise. So let's read together. Then I saw... and wept because no one was found who was worthy to open the scroll or look inside. Then one of the elders said to me, do not weep. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, has triumphed. He is able to open the scroll and its seven seals. Then I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain Standing in the center of the throne, encircled by the four living creatures and the elders, he had seven horns and seven eyes, which are the seven spirits of God sent out into all the earth. He came and took the scroll from the right hand of him who sat on the throne. And when he had taken it, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamp. Each one had a harp, and they were holding golden bowls full of incense, which are the prayers of the saints, and they sang a new song. You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals because you were slain. And with your blood you purchased men for God from every tribe and language and people and nation. You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. Then I looked and I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and 10,000 times 10,000. They encircled the throne and the living creatures and the elders in a loud voice. They sang, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. Then I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. The four living creatures said amen, and the elders fell down and worshiped. Father, I just ask that you would be with us as we take a look into this vision presented in Revelation five. I pray that you would open our hearts, open our eyes to see the reality that is before us. Amen. What important question I think we must ask of this text is when do the events described in this vision occur? Is this a vision of what is to come, or is this now? Unfortunately, popular views of Revelation, particularly in the last 50 or so years, have led us to believe that everything after Revelation 3 happens in the future. And I think, I wonder if what we see in Revelation 5 is a present reality that is also a future reality Christ is seated on the throne now. He sits in authority over all creation now, from the moment of his ascension forward. And unlike our earthly rulers, there will be no transition of power from the one who sits on the throne of the universe. If we have doubts about this taking place in the present, let's remember Jesus' words right now before his ascension in Matthew 28. As he ascends into heaven, he says, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. This is a present reality. Ephesians 1.22, God placed all things under the feet of Jesus and appointed him to be head over everything for the church. This is a present reality. As we proclaim every communion Sunday in the Apostles' Creed, Jesus ascended to heaven and is seated on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. This is a present reality. John says Christ is on the throne. Right now, he holds in his hand the scroll of history. He is worthy. He is in control. If we believe that Christ is on the throne this very moment, then it follows that there's more going on to our present reality than we can see with our eyes. Revelation five is a present reality. It's also a future reality and it inspires our hope. Hope particularly because of what John sees. Remember how we're to look where John looks and see what he sees? In this passage, John sees two things, a scroll and a lamb. Verse one, I saw in the right hand of him who sat on the throne Scroll. Now, the scroll is connected to several Old Testament passages, one of them being Daniel chapter 12, when God reveals his plan for how his kingdom will come to earth, and he tells Daniel, Seal up these things, these words of the scroll, until the time of the end. The scroll then is the scroll of history. The scroll contains, as the Bible Project puts it, the message of how God's kingdom will come here fully on earth as it is in heaven. But it's sealed up and John begins to weep. Because no one is found who is worthy to open the scroll and carry out God's plan of bringing his kingdom to the earth. And that's when John hears the voice of an elder. See, the lion of the tribe of Judah. The Root of David, two Old Testament images of a coming, conquering king. He has triumphed, but what John hears is different from what he sees. Instead of seeing a roaring, conquering lion, John sees a slain lamb. Verse 6, I saw a lamb looking as if it had been slain, standing in the center of the throne. It sounds a lot like the words of John the Baptist as he's standing in the the Jordan River and he sees Jesus coming. Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. It sounds a lot like the words from Isaiah 53 about the suffering servant who was led like a lamb to the slaughter the lamb has conquered through the cross. And he is full of power and wisdom and knowledge, as the symbolic image image of horns and eyes communicates. And he conquers not through military power, but through his own suffering and death, which sets in motion the coming of God's kingdom. So how does this image inspire hope? Well, the course of history from now until the end is held in the hands of the Lamb, Jesus. Jesus Christ, our only hope, is seated on the throne of heaven, the command center of the universe. Jesus, the Lamb, has purchased and sealed people from God, from every tribe and language and nation, I found it hard to get through that song that we sang about God is so good. There's more to our present reality than we can see with our eyes. But some of us may be asking, why? Why does it sometimes feel like this reality is just a dream? Why does it feel like things on earth are getting worse and not better? If Jesus is reigning now, why is there so much suffering and evil in our world? The resounding clash of light meeting darkness is what happens when the kingdom of heaven presses in on the kingdoms of this world. Daryl Johnson says, as creation cries out for Jesus to come The forces which do not want him and his kingdom to come rise up in opposition. The authority of the lamb is being resisted and that's why they're suffering evil. The kingdom of this world and the forces of evil is feeling the pressure of the coming kingdom of heaven. To me, this fills me with the same excitement and hope that I felt as a kid when reading the Chronicles of Narnia and you hear, Aslan is on the move. What we read in Revelation 5 is a present reality that inspires our hope and invokes our praise. Johnson points out that there are three explosions of praise in Revelation chapter 5. In verse 8, the inner circle, the four living creatures, the 24 elders, fall down in worship. You are worthy to take the scroll and open its seal because you were slain. The middle circle, verse 11, then the voice of many angels, thousands upon thousands, who encircle the throne and elders and living creatures. Worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. And then the outer circle, a coming future reality. Every creature under heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them singing to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever and ever. This is an ever widening circle of praise. The praise ripples out from the throne and extends ultimately to all of creation. The question is for us, what does it look like to enter in? It's a temptation for any one of us to come to worship with a consumer mindset, more focused on what I can get out of this, rather than the reality of what I'm a part of. Our worship is about praise for the one who is worthy. Praise for the lamb who was slain. There's a 24-7 praise going on around the throne of heaven right now. It doesn't begin when I begin or stop when I stop. So I invite us this week to watch for places where we can enter into that Perhaps it's during a moment of joy, in praise for the places where we see evidence of him enthroned, maybe through answered prayer or a simple praise for creation. Perhaps it's in a moment of longing or sorrow, in a place where we see that his kingdom has yet to come in fullness and power. What are those places for you? God has peeled back the curtain on the throne room of heaven. And we are free to enter at any time and in any place in worship of the Lamb who was, who is worthy. Amen.